Previously on Myth Tarot Love, we examined the astrological sign of Aquarius. Today's show will focus on Pisces. Myth and Tarot Where do the ideas go? Let's talk about stories, stars, and symbols And all of the above Myth Tarot Love Welcome to Myth Tarot Love, a show about ancient stories and new age wisdom. I am Biddy, your classicist. And I'm Rose, your resident tarot practitioner. Welcome back, everyone. Hello. Hoping that you have a good month. Yeah. <laughs> it's weird doing these once a month now. Um, but I think it makes more the most sense for us to release a podcast at the beginning of each new astrological sign or sun sign. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like it. I, I feel like, yeah, it is a good... Kind of initiation of yeah. the energies of that st- of that sighing, if exactly. you will. Exactly. <laughs> yep. Yeah. I like it. Um, so last last time, last month, we talked mm-hmm. about Aquarius, mm-hmm. and Aquarius. I think the main like power word that sim- that symbolized it was change, mm-hmm. right? Um, and Pisces, the main power word this time is uh, receptibility. Mm, okay. Reception. Um, and I'm going to explain why I think that. <laughs> uh, Pisces in general, people who are born um, in in March, if you will, late, late February, February. Yeah. late February to March, um, or to late March, if you will, uh, those people tend to be described as artistic, intuitive, compassionate, emotional, and... Uh, did I say compassionate? Mm-hmm. I said that. I should say it <laughs> twice. <laughs> I should say it twice. Yeah. So lots of things, right? Kindness. Um, but I think all of these are actually just um, expressions of their ability to be receptive. Mm. Um, and also uh, something that Pisces are very much known for is kind of a psychic connection, mm. if you will. Um, so let's talk about that. <laughs> all right. So uh, generally in our... In our podcast, we don't normally talk too much about like specific beliefs, like some, you know, there's a there's only so much we can talk about because tarot itself is kind of can be a form of belief in, yeah. its, in its own right. We try we try to be as neutral as we can and to present the information kind of uh, from an unbiased perspective. Exactly, understanding that we are talking about tarot and that it is inherently <laughs> in like the quote unquote woo woo sphere. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. But, yeah. Um, uh, so Pisces in general is known as being a very spiritual sign. Mm-hmm. Um, in fact, uh, so I don't know if, uh, if you readers, uh, sorry, readers, listeners have heard of the age of Aquarius, um, at the end of last week's, sorry, months. Oh my gosh. I know. I'm going to be like stuttering on that <laughs> for a while. Fine. But at the end of our last podcast, um, I sang a little, this is the dawning of the age of Aquarius, um. Diddy, if you will. And um, the, that whole idea, the age of Aquarius um, and the age of, uh, is that we are now in the age of Aquarius, which means that the sun, uh, the solar equinox, if you will, um, occurs in Aquarius. Mm-hmm. Right? And for before that, however, it was in Pisces. Yeah. So when I was looking for um, information for this podcast uh, yeah. today as well, 
what I came across, some people are saying that we are about to enter the age of Aquarius. Exactly. It hasn't happened yet, but basically we're on like the precipice either before or after. But before Aquarius, like you said, came Pisces. Exactly. So, you know, there's still some debate about whether or not we're still in the age of Pisces. Mm -hmm. Personally, I think we're in the age of Aquarius. Um, But something that uh, many astrologers believe was um, a symbol of the age of Pisces was actually Christianity. Mm -hmm. Um, Because Christianity, the the fish is a very prominent symbol in, in Christianity and also the message of compassion and etc. Right. Uh, these are these are all very much uh, strong influences in Christianity as well. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And they were also also because of, again, like that transition period, they think was about one CE or when kind of uh, around when around... the last time it, it was changing. Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and of course, before Pisces, the age of Pisces would have been the age of Aries, mm-hmm. which is a very war war type of age. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if I think of like history history <laughs> when you think about it yeah it definitely i think suits um suits the, the energies energies of, the, of, of that aries, time yeah. um of aries and of warfare and male dominance and that sort of thing whereas yeah. with pisces it is a lot more about wisdom um yeah wisdom uh you know and compassion compassion and, and that um empathy if you mm-hmm. will um Anyways, so uh, I would like to clarify a little bit of how I see it. Um, so I see each astrological sign to be kind of like a color, if you will, on a giant uh, a celestial a color wheel, if you will, the... like a giant <laughs> celestial color wheel. Um, so every every astrological symbol has its own color, if you will. Um, but as you transition between one color to the next, it's not really defined when red becomes purple, mm-hmm. for example, right? Um, you know, there's a there's a whole bunch of shades between red and purple, and technically it's, you know, you're, you're gradually getting more and more purple every day, but, you know, who knows when it's actually making that switch. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's how I, I see it um, with every year as well. So people who are who are born right on the cusp, you know, it's like, oh, you're a purple sign, you know? Mm, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So when I say born on the cusp, that means you're born on the day when a sun sign is changing from right now. We're or the actually, day before, the day after. Like yeah, exactly. Yeah. So on the day that this is going to be released, if that is your birthday, then that would mean you're an Aquarius Pisces cusp, which means you have a lot of the influences of both Aquarius and Pisces. Mm-hmm. Um, so... So what color, now that you say all these colors, <laughs> what color do you associate with Pisces? Um, oh, shoot. I, I didn't write down what color Pisces actually is. I think of the energies as like in a similar way that I think of colors. So I don't actually associate oh, okay, okay. specific colors I see them. what you're saying. Although Pisces, I think of Pisces, I think of blue. <laughs> Probably because, because of, of Neptune. Water. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Pisces is ruled by the planet Neptune. Mm-hmm. So I, I do often think of like kind of aqua type colors like mm-hmm. neptune type colors um or sometimes also purples uh white pisces is a is is a a water sign um it's actually it's actually also the last sign in the astrological calendar mm-hmm. so we did not do this correct and start with the first one but we that's did not fine. <laughs> we we started with aquarius because you know it's the beginning of our calendar aquarius year. aquarius doesn't care about you know tradition anyways <laughs> exactly what's well, funny too um you're saying about it being ruled by neptune 
the planet. Yeah. Neptune was a Roman god, the equivalent to Poseidon, and they were both yes. sea gods, which, again, Pisces, water, Very water. sea. I'm like, everything is connected. <laughs> it really is. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So... Another thing that Pisces is very much known for is being a dreamer Mm. as well. And I think part of that is the energy of Pisces really um, helps people develop their third eye and their crown chakra. So um, we don't talk a lot. We haven't talked a lot about chakras. I've mentioned Mm -hmm. them maybe like once or twice in the podcast so far. Um, But I feel like when it comes to Pisces, I have to talk about these two chakras. These are... um, so the third eye is the the energy center, if you will, um, that we associate with um, opening up our minds to new possibilities, but also um, it helps us become receptive to new information. And that is kind of the whole, like, like that is what Pisces is all about, is just this, um, they are very receptive people, they are, which some people would describe them as being sensitive. Um, But there's this receptivity, this sensitivity where they are very open um, and able to gather lots of information, but like not necessarily consciously. It's more on a subconscious level. Um, And then the crown chakra helps you connect with the divine, right? So that is this idea of uh, becoming very giving, very charitable, et cetera, et cetera. Um, However, there's a danger in having these two chakras well-developed and open and, you know, completely active if there's a block in any of the other chakras. So if there's ever a block in, like, your root chakra or your... Should we maybe say what each chakra is for people that aren't aware of what they are? That's a good... It's it's a great idea, Biddy. (laughs) So glad you're here. (laughs) Yeah, so there's seven in total. Right. There are seven in total. The first one is your root, uh, which is all about connecting yourself with the physical plane, uh, but also feeling safe. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then safety, you, security, safety, security, grounding. grounding um, you know, sometimes it also has to do with career mm-hmm. and uh, your your place on, in this world. Right. And then uh, you have the sacral chakra, which is uh, kind of also connected with your place in this world. But it's it's about balance. It's about um it's a physical physically located um in like just below your belly button Mm -hmm. uh it is a reproductive organ reproductive it's very sexual it's creative yeah um but it's also of desire Mm -hmm. right um so if you have a block in this in this chakra sometimes uh you'll you'll tend to overeat maybe or uh maybe be drawn to uh you know overconsumptions of of pleasures uh, and then you have your um, solar plexus, which is in the tummy region. <laughs> and this sh- this chakra is all about your your ability to manifest, your ability to actually um, create and do actions and be productive, efficiency, etc. And then you have your heart chakra, and that is your ability to connect with others and feel love and um, feel compassion (laughs) and then you have your uh, throat chakra which is kind of like a filter between um, the outside world and your inner world so this is uh, this is a chakra that has to do with truth and expressing yourself and communication communication but also listening Mm -hmm. yeah because both sides yeah it's both sides it's um it's it's the it's the filter if you will Mm -hmm. so it's your ability to take in information as well as express the information Mm -hmm. and and uh you know say it clearly uh and then you have the third eye which i mentioned was about intuition and um 
it's also like it, it's it's a it's a chakra that's blocked by assumptions. Let's just put it that way. Um, and then you've got your crown chakra, which is um, the the energy center that connects you with everything, the divine and um, and feeling oneness <laughs> with with everything. Um, so you have all seven of these. And normally people start at the root. Um, and that is the safest place to start, because that is like as you progress through each one and making sure that each one is not blocked there and, you know, healthy. Uh, then you're able to um, express yourself in your best way. Be your best self, mm-hmm. if you will. That is yeah. the goal of, of clearing out your chakras, et cetera, et cetera. Again, if we think of ourselves like a house, you don't want to work on... You want a strong on... foundation. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. you want to work on that before you get to the facade. <laughs> exactly. However, the energy of Pisces, um, it, it's at the end of the astrological year, mm-hmm. It's and it's very good at developing the third eye and the crown chakra. This mm-hmm. is a really spiritual time, if you will. Um yeah lots of lots of spiritual energies occur in in this time of the year um and so as a result people who are born under pisces will have this more developed third eye and crown chakra which um you know in positive ways if you don't have any other blockages can be a wonderful gift and Mm -hmm. i think it's the reason why pisces are often described as being so intuitive and uh, psychic if you will like it's almost like they know something's happening before it does um, and then, however, if you have a, a blockage somewhere else, I think that's also where some of the more negative traits of Pisces has been uh, described. So sometimes, like some some astrologers actually will call Pisces the sign of self undoing. Mm. Um, and I think it's because it's it's the twelfth sign in the twelfth house in astrology. So I'm not going to talk about that too much right now, but there's. There's something in astrology charts called houses, and there's 12 of them, and each one represents like uh, how how a person. It, it's like a way of predicting a person's life, if you will. And we can we can get into that <laughs> in another episode. Oh, there's just so much. Today. There's so much to talk about, guys. Okay, so um, the house of self undoing is all about how how a person can fail, right? And that's in Pisces. And and that's in Pisces. Okay. Uh, Pisces rules that house, right. if you will. Um, so I, th- I think because there are so many dangers that if you have any other blockages, it's, it's really easy to become unstable and, uh, maybe overly emotional, perhaps, um, perhaps also just feeling unsafe and unbalanced in general. Um, the root chakra and the sacral, and the sacral chakra are the most two, are the two most common ones to get, become blocked. And then of course the heart chakra can easily become blocked as well actually all of them can easily become blocked in in some ways but most time most of the time when i i encounter people they'll they'll have some sort of blockage in the the root and the sacral Mm -hmm. um anyways so uh as a result uh pisces often are torn between this this physical world and spiritual world Mm -hmm. um and so i think that's where they get the reputation for being a dreamer from right head in the clouds head in the clouds they're not grounded they're not you know i think that's where that reputation is coming from is that they have this really well developed um third eye and crown chakra but that doesn't necessarily mean that all the other ones are developed as well Mm -hmm. right but if they are that person's amazing Um, yeah, so, uh, and actually that is one of the things that the two fish represent as well. Um, you have one, you have two, two fish, which is the symbol of Pisces and they are connected together with a, with a cord. Um, and so one, one fish represents kind of, uh, the person's 
physical motivations and the other fish represents their spiritual motivations and they're in opposite directions. So <laughs> sometimes that carries over to um, Pisces energy, feeling like you're being torn into two opposite directions mm. and you don't, but they're, they're slightly connected. Um, yeah. So that's, that's uh, my, my spiel on Pisces, but let's hear a little bit more on, on the Greek uh origins if you will or just the origins in general for yeah, sure yeah so it's, it's kind of Historical. funny I was <laughs> just um saying before we started recording that i'm laughing because <laughs> like all of these astrological signs have a basis in mythology in greek mythology <laughs> yeah all of them i will admit i didn't know this <laughs> and it just makes me laugh because i'm like oh yeah we can definitely do this i'll, I'll make it work oh, and yeah. like, no, it will actually work because every sign actually is a greek story <laughs> yes greek or babylonian or sumerian or something but it definitely has a mythology associated with it so i just it makes me laugh and smile <laughs> classics and it's still influencing us today there we go see didn't know yeah the more you know right the more you know um yeah so the story i'm going to talk about today is a greek um myth but i feel like and with some of the readings that i've done it, it the myth is even probably older than that it's just been kind of redone redone in the greek style um, because the story ha takes place um, along the Euphrates River, so I feel like it yeah. probably was um, more of a Sumerian story that just got, again, I don't want to say yeah. appropriated, but... Well, it's kind of like how, you know, the Brothers Grimm might have come up with Cinderella, but it's, it was redone by Disney, and everyone knows the Disney sure. version. yeah. There we go. <laughs> that makes me feel better about it. <laughs> yeah. So, um, like I said, the story takes place along the Euphrates River, and it... Um, so, in... The Titanomachy, so this is a, a, during the battle between the Titans and the gods, um, Gaia gave birth to this really awful monster named Typhoon. Mm. Um, he is basically the father of all monsters. He was quite nasty looking. Um, he's very tall. He had flames coming out of his eyes. He has a hundred hands or arms and does, just... Does that have anything to do with the, the like, Typhoon as the hurricane? I think, Yeah. Yeah, it would have been oh, cool. a very similar origin. So mm -hmm. basically Gaia made this being to kind of combat Zeus to be like, okay, like this is kind of your last big boss. Yeah. <laughs> so to say that you need it's... to <laughs> beat in order to be head god forever. Um, boss level. Boss level <laughs> achieved. And so when Typhoon um, came up, all the other gods and goddesses were completely freaked out totally scared and um aphrodite and eros aka venus and cupid remember yeah. they are the gods and goddess of love and sexual desire and lust and affection affection <laughs> and attraction and all that good stuff yeah they were walking along the euphrates they were just going for a stroll and then <laughs> all of a sudden this monstrous thing um, was coming out freaked them out and so this is where the story kind of diverts there are two different versions so mm -hmm. either they or Zeus turns them into two fish and oh. then they go into the river to kind of escape um, to get away from Typhoon. Yeah. Um, and again, they tie themselves together so they don't get, they don't lose each other. So that's where that kind of symbolism of Pisces of the two fish with that cord connecting. That's awesome. So they, yeah, they wouldn't get separated. Um, or they 
or two fish came to them and they kind of hopped on and they carried they them ride away. they ride two fish so two fish become the means of their escape exactly so either way there is two fish and yeah it helps them to get away so that's one version of the story of oh and then of course the fish would then be made into a constellation of pisces so that's where kind of that All comes right. from. So that's one version, um, which is a nice, I don't know, I think I like it. I like it because, <laughs> like, the, the fish are symbolizing being a savior mm-hmm. and um, someone looking out for you. That's that's interesting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So that is the one. Um, the other one also has to do with Aphrodite, which I also kind of find interesting that she, I don't know what. I don't know why she's I find in, interesting, she's but in she's kind of in these bowls. So yeah. Um, let me get sorry that's that one. So the other one um has to do with her birth story. So I think I've talked about it a bit in the past, but if I haven't, I'll go over it again. So basically, mm-hmm. Aphrodite has two possible birth stories. The one is that she is um the daughter of Zeus and Hera, and they just you know have her whatever yeah <laughs> that's a boring regular one. way regular way regular baby way to me that's a boring one i don't like that <laughs> one <laughs> i like the one the legitimate child of zeus and Hera. yeah yeah boring so <laughs> i like um or at least of zeus the one where she so another version um also comes from hesiod um like the previous story that i was telling you um comes from um, but with this one, she is born from, <laughs> okay, I'm going to backtrack so I don't want to spoil <laughs> it. So basically, um, so Zeus, there's Zeus, Kronos is his father and Uranus was his, Kronos's father. So I'm pretty sure I've said this story where Kronos kind of cut off Uranus's testicles with a yeah. giant scythe because he wouldn't leave Gaia alone um, alone <laughs> yeah so he's like oh, i'm gonna neuter him and then they're gonna be separated and everything is gonna be good so when that separation happens ernos's testicles kind of bounce along <laughs> the earth and beings just spring forth coming from it because it's super fertile and then yeah. it ends up in the water from there um the story goes that aphrodite um, was born basically from this, from the water, from him kind of the testicles going into the water. Um, the part that I didn't know um, until looking into it now is that according to one myth, there were two, I'm not going to say the Greek word, basically sea centaurs. So, you know, a yeah. centaur is like a half human, half horse. Um, there are apparently these two sea centaurs that um, would, that actually helped to bring the the shell that Aphrodite was in to the seashore where she was then birthed. Um, she came up like fully formed as a goddess and in gratitude, they were then turned into the sky constellation of Pisces. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> I I love that uh, Aphrodite is such a big part of mm-hmm. the myth of Pisces. Very big. Um, I, I don't think I mentioned this, but Pisces are often described as being very romantic. Oh, so I wonder maybe that has something to do with it. Maybe. I don't know. Yeah, (laughs) definitely a lot of, yeah, I guess love and desire association with Aphrodite. Aphrodite and with. Well, she's pretty much like a synonym for sex, isn't she? (laughs) In some stories. Yeah. They were overcome by Aphrodite. Yeah. It's kind of like a, I I think a a really uh, polite way 
of saying they got it on pretty much (laughs) yes i can't remember i think it's in the homeric hymn to demeter that they that they say that and yeah um you know going through this that him with some of my students i get a little confused like why is aphrodite there like what's going on what happened i didn't know this had anything to do with Aphrodite. just means that they're sleeping together is just a nice way to say it (laughs) yeah when you are um like offering the rights to aphrodite basically yeah yeah that's what you that's how you do it that's That's how you worship aphrodite you through sex oh that's interesting that's mm-hmm. a whole that's a whole other dimension that yeah i haven't so, really talked about worshiping the gods yet i guess yeah i guess we haven't <laughs> so yeah so for aphrodite specifically that is how you worship her and if you don't engage in sexual relations um she could get mad at you and do things they should... are there stories where she gets mad at people because they didn't yeah um they oh, didn't God, worship is, her yeah um there's a Euripidean tragedy. Oh no, I can't remember. <laughs> Maybe that'll be in a future podcast. <laughs> Maybe. Um, but yeah, basically, is it Hippolytus? She makes someone fall in love with her stepson mm-hmm. because her stepson has kind of shied away from her and she worships, uh, or he worships Artemis, who is mm-hmm. a virgin goddess who doesn't. Um, have sex yeah so because of that aphrodite is kind of a little miffed miffed yeah and makes yeah makes his so basically he wasn't having love. enough sex and she got mad yeah and <laughs> tried to make it happen and then just being a tragedy tragedy ensued <laughs> tragedy ensued yeah yes all right well uh bringing it back to tarot i don't know yep. how much time we have i don't even oh, know if we have time to talk yeah about. we do go yeah okay good um so the two tarot cards that I associate the most with Pisces is first the star, uh, which is all about having faith and uh, being guided by um, being guided by your faith uh, instead of necessarily by something on the physical realm. I think that has a lot to do with Pisces, but also the world. A lot of the symbolism of Pisces, since it is the last astrological sign, mm. um, connects with the symbolism of the world as well uh, which is all about rebirth about endings becoming beginnings and also transcendence and becoming one with the divine um pisces i don't know if this is true but i i I read in my book which is called the only astrology book you'll ever (laughs) need i read in there that um many pisces are considered to be old souls and believe in reincarnation so i thought that was that was interesting Mm -hmm. i don't know i've never had i think i haven't had enough deep conversations with my pisces friends about reincarnation (laughs) so next time you see them that's what you're gonna do (laughs) exactly um so Yes, uh, we do have a new tarot spread mm-hmm. that we will release for you all that has uh, that was inspired by the symbol of Pisces, um, kind of follows along that, and it's also inspired by the Hermetic principle of as above, so below, which is this idea that we have on our own physical plane, we have our own desires, um, but since this is such a spiritual time and um, and you know the the energy of Pisces is is coming in, uh, the this particular spread focuses on uh, asking our guides for help. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, uh, before we were talking about how, how, do, how do we define guides, and I, Vidi, I really loved what you said about it. I don't know if you remember. Oh, what did I say? <laughs> um, yeah, so yeah. I basically, I, I really like the term guides as well. Yeah, um, basically, it's, it's just someone that 
someone or something that is helping you in your journey and on your path. So yeah. if you don't, it could be if, an angel. You can exactly, call it an yeah. angel. You can call it God. You can call, you can call it whatever. whatever. You want. Um, it's it's just this idea that there is something that's guiding you that's on a spiritual level, mm-hmm. guiding yeah. you or, or helping you on your journey. Yeah. So in part, this uh, this reading does help to connect with those guides. Mm-hmm. Um, all right, so your first three cards have to do with um, your own desires, right? Mm-hmm. So the first card is telling the seeker what their desire is. Um, the second card is talking about the subconscious influences that would have inspired that desire. And then the third card is the conscious um, influences that are inspiring that desire. So it's kind of like what's going on in their head over and over again in order to make them want to have this, th- whatever it is, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then on the spiritual side, you have... So that, so the, sorry, so those first three are kind of like in a line or like in a, not a line. They kind of jump back and forth, actually. That's actually Um, true, yeah, never mind. They jump back and forth. It starts in the middle, um, and it ends in the middle. Mm. (laughs) It starts in the middle and it ends in the middle, but it goes below and it goes above, uh, and it jumps kind of all over the place. Mm -hmm. Uh, and I think that's... That's partly also some of the mutable energy of Pisces as well, right? Pisces isn't necessarily about going in a straight line. It's about um, going in all kinds of different directions and then coming back um, in the middle and coming back where you started sometimes even, um, in or- but changed. <laughs> changed for the better. Okay. <laughs> all right. So number four, the fourth card um, is actually an answer or a message that you ha- are being given from a guide. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you went into this tarot reading with a question, uh, this card would be the answer to that. Or if you didn't go into this tarot reading with a question, this would be the message from your guide. Mm. Uh, And then the fifth card is a helper that can help you understand the question better. The sixth card is what are the next steps um, in in achieving whatever the answer is or achieving the desire? What are the next steps that the the guide is asking you to do? And then the seventh card is the one that's connecting the left to the right, and it's connecting it through gratitude. Mm-hmm. Um, so gratitude, this particular card expresses how can you show your thanks? How can you show? Um, and, and that way it kind of takes the onus off of the seeker and helps them also evolve into um, into greater things, if you will. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the th- special things that gratitude does, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I did this this reading for myself and for Biddy, I found it pretty helpful, actually. I really liked this reading. It's very, it's nice because it is very specific to the question or exactly. to the message. Like, you can get a very, like, specific answer. Answer, almost. yeah. Like, uh, the Celtic cross gives you a very defined image. And I find the Celtic cross is especially good for people who are new to tarot mm-hmm. um, because it, it gives you such a in-depth experience uh, with tarot and it gives you kind of a full understanding of what's your question where is it coming from more and like a broader perspective of like everything exactly yeah. it's it's a lot of stuff all in, all wrapped into one whereas the, this is most more it's like quicker reading <laughs> you know it's only three cards shorter than the Celtic cross but it's a, it's a faster reading because it is so specific like you said all right, so I did it for myself. Um, my desire was the two of pentacles I desire balancing everything um Life balance, work-life balance, right? Yep. Uh, two, uh, my subconscious desire was the moon, which means uh, like the subconscious influences 
to my desire was the moon. So that means that I am very much influenced by this idea of there being an illusion. Um, emo like emotionally, I feel like I don't have the whole picture. I don't understand everything. Um, consciously, I got the death card. <laughs> consciously, I very much want to transform. I want to change. I, I want an extreme change. And that is on my on my mind these days. Um, number four, my message from my guide was the Six of Cups, which is all about generosity and giving. So I've been told that I need to be focusing more on giving and that is how I will achieve balance. Um, my helper was the Page of Wands, which I thought was very appropriate because I just took on a new student, mm -hmm. which is really exciting for me because this is my, uh, this is my first opportunity to uh, be a one-on-one -on -one mentor if you will. So I'm kind of excited about that. And I thought that my helper, it, it makes sense that, you know, this new student's going to be, help me uh, with uh, being more generous. Mm -hmm. right? um, my next steps, I got the Queen of Cups. So she is telling me to listen and be intuitive and not necessarily act, um, be more of a listener and uh, wait, wait for the right moment to act and only kind of conserve your energy before you do so. And then seven, the place where I should be grateful, I got the King of Wands. Hmm. Um, so the King of Wands is, he, he tells people what to do, uh, not so that they will be grateful and give him, you know, blessings. He, he, he wants, he just wants people to be them their best selves. So um, I think the King of Wands is saying, I can be grateful by doing a good job. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so that's kind of my own experience of how I use this tarot, uh, this, this particular reading. Um, so if uh, you, you know, get to see the, the spread when we post it. Yeah, so I will this. post it um, on our Facebook group and for our Patreon supporters. Yes, thank you so much, our Patreon supporters. Yay, you guys you. are awesome. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, yeah, um, so is that pretty much wrapping it up for I today? I think so. All right, yeah. I've got some words of wisdom today oh. from uh, a very... Um, a very deep person, <laughs> uh, well, a very in influential and inspiring person, I think. Um, so that's Martin Luther King Jr. And he says something that I think is very suitable for the energy of Pisces. Okay. Only in the darkness can you see the stars. Hmm. It's one of my favorite quotes. Talk about stories, stars, and symbols, and all of the above.